Hey, it is Sybil Chavis from thepossibilityoftoday.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. This show's all about the events in our life and also current events. We take a look at all of it so we can figure out how we personally want to use our 24 hours. There really are so many possibilities. And the question always is, are you getting the most out of your days? Let's talk about it. I hope you'll stick around. You're listening to The Possibility of Today on webtalkradio.net. So if you've been listening to the news, I'm sure you've probably heard about General Petraeus and Paula Broadwell. General Petraeus was the CIA director, and he and Paula Broadwell had an extramarital affair. She was his biographer. Uh, And this entire scandal is exposed by someone by the name of Jill Kelly, who is a volunteer community liaison. The first question that popped into my mind was, how does somebody accidentally expose an affair? Okay, well, here's the deal. Jill Kelly has been getting anonymous emails uh, that were later identified to be from Paula Broadwell. Well, she starts getting really concerned about these emails because they talk about her whereabouts and where she's going to be. So of course she's concerned that whoever is sending her these emails knows how to find her. And she has a friend, Frederick Humphreys, who is an FBI investigator. So she turns all of these emails over to him and he ends up doing this investigation and tracking these emails back to Broadwell. Uh, Additionally, he finds out that Broadwell and Petraeus, based on the emails he's seen, have been having an affair. So he alerts Congress because he wants to make certain that there's not been a cover-up. And of course, there are tons of other people involved in this situation. And I'm certain more things that are going on. But what struck me the most and what today's show's about are Petraeus, the CIA director, the former CIA director, and his biographer, Paula Broadwell, because I've always thought there's just so much to be learned from these situations if you look at them for the right reasons. It's not like you're just looking at them to gossip or to get into other people's business, but you're literally trying to distill lessons and take away messages for yourself uh, because they're there. And they're for all of us that are looking and watching from a distance. And since they are going to be all over the news, you might as well take away something important for yourself. And obviously, we're not all generals or CIA directors or biographers, and we also may have never made mistakes of having an affair, even anything similar along those lines. But regardless of the specific steps, I always think we can step back and look at these situations and see takeaway messages that are important for our own lives. So what really jumped out at me about this situation are two things. The first is that people are multidimensional. Specifically meaning that people can really be doing well with one aspect of their life, like work and their career, and then be completely off in another. And the lesson I took away from this situation is that every aspect of our life matters, right? They all work together. I mean, Petraeus resigned as the CIA director. Some people say he should have resigned, others say he shouldn't, but whatever side you fall on, He chose to resign, not because he wasn't knowledgeable, 
not because he wasn't good at his job, not because he didn't have a good bazillion accolades, but because he wasn't living up to his own standards. As he said, he was off in one area of his life. And that's what I think is one of the main things we can take away as a lesson from this situation, right? The importance of making sure we're doing those things we know we need to do with respect to all the areas of our life, because it matters. I mean, and there really are different areas of our life, but if we're underperforming or if we're doing things we know we shouldn't be in any area, it's not contained in a vacuum, right? It has impacts on our entire life. And I mean, I get it. I get it that just because one area of someone's life is going awry, it doesn't mean that they can't still do their jobs. But I just think that in a way, all the areas of our life kind of work together. And they have the overall impact on how we're living and feeling in everyday life. In many ways, if you think about it, it's, it's like a stock portfolio. You know, you can have all of these winter stocks, but if you have one that's just totally in the tank, it literally weighs down the entire portfolio. And I guess I've just always believed that there's a strong possibility that, that it works the same way in our lives. When any area of our life is out of whack, I think there's just got to be some overall impact. And I think that's why Petraeus resigned, because he knew he wasn't going to be able to contain it to one area. And he knew he wanted to start focusing on his family and, you know, make certain that he was doing the things that he needed to do to get back on track. And that actually takes us to the second thing that I really took away from this situation because I think Petraeus and Broadwell, now not saying they didn't make mistakes and they are admitting that too, but I think they handled it the best way they could by realizing that they fell short of their own standards and apologizing as quickly as possible to the people they hurt and then choosing immediately to work and repair to whatever extent they could any damage that they caused. And a lot of times people fail to do that, right? They, they just keep charging forward the wrong way down the wrong road. You're like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? But both Petraeus and Broadwell apologize and they turn their attention back to their families. And I mean, I can hear people right now, you don't have to even send me the emails. I can hear people saying, yeah, but they got caught. And that's why they admitted it. And that's why they apologize. Who knows if they would have ever come clean? I mean, at this point, it's all speculation, but the facts we have are that both Petraeus and Broadwell apologized and they're currently working on repairing the damage that they've done with their families. So I think that's the second important takeaway from the situation is after you do mess up and you know you've messed up in one of your areas of your life, what's the best way to get back on track? And then finally, we will take a question from someone from the possibility of today.com community and see if we can help them out. All right. So there are definitely different camps on this. Some people say Petraeus didn't have to resign. I say, let's discuss it because I really do think there are reasons why Petraeus choosing to resign makes some sense. And we don't want to overlook one of the most important things about this situation and that's the takeaway message that we can all benefit from. And the first lesson 
is the importance of making sure we're always focusing on every single aspect of our life. I mean, at least I know that's what stood out to me, that I've got to bring my highest self to every area because it's all about balance and all of these things work together. I mean, there's no doubting, right? Both Petraeus and Broadwell are super accomplished. They clearly both figured out how to excel professionally prior to Petraeus becoming the CIA director. He was a highly decorated four-star general. He served over 37 years in the army. Broadwell, she's a writer, an academic, an anti-terrorism professional. She graduated from West Point, earned a master's degree from the University of Denver and a master's of public administration from Harvard. I mean, obviously they both had figured out how to do well with professional areas of their lives. But when it came to this time in their personal lives, they both have admitted they messed up and that threw both of them off. I mean, and it really just drives the point home that, you know, we've got to make sure we're devoting the right time and attention to all areas of our life. And of course, making those decisions that we know are in line with who we are and what we believe. I mean, again, we may not have ever made a mistake similar to the ones they made, but it does drive the, the point home for all of us, right? Because I'm sure we can all think back to at least one mistake we made or one time when we knew we weren't making the right decision. I mean, does anything come to mind? You may have to think back in time, but really like sit there and do it. Think about one of the biggest mistakes you've made. Not a situation where someone did something to you and the mistake was that you trusted them, but a situation where you can say, you know what, honestly, looking back on that, I can say my bad. Yeah, I messed up there. Do you have one yet? It may not be cheating or even anything like that, but just something that you know was your mistake. I literally went through this exercise and I was asking myself that question, really trying to think back about one of the biggest mistakes I made. And my mind had to go all the way back to high school, or at least that's where it started because then the other mistakes started kind of flowing in. But when I was 18, I was caught up in a high school love triangle and I definitely didn't make the right decision. Totally went for self, did everything I could to win the guy, but hey, I think I get a pass on that one. I was young. I definitely learned the lesson. And since then, of course, there are definitely other mistakes I've made and relationships that I would just let go on for too long because I didn't want to tell them that I wasn't interested or even mistakes that had nothing to do with relationships, but my career and just working way too much and stressing all the time. And when I, when I sat down and I really thought about it, if I were really to go back through time, And take a look at all of my biggest mistakes and then take a look at the other areas of my life during those times when things were just off, I would know that across the board, my issues in one area by all means had an overall impact on the other areas of my life because it affected how I felt. I mean, a lot of times those mistakes And the way you feel about them and the fact that you know you're not doing the right thing, it weighs on you. At least it weighed on me. And it was heavy. And I I think that's why I'm in the camp. And I understand why Petraeus resigned. Now, that's not to say I don't believe in redemption. (laughs) 
But sometimes redeeming yourself means that you've got to step away from certain things for a while. I call it taking a moment. (laughs) And you've got to spend some time thinking through things. And that means you can't give the necessary attention you probably normally can to the other areas of your life, like a sensitive job of being the CIA director. And I think that's the point here with Petraeus and Broadwell. And it's something we can all learn because it matters, right? All of these areas matter. And we've got to make sure we're bringing our A game, our best self, what I call our extraordinary side to all the areas of our life, whether it's our relationships, our work, our friendships, even the way we make financial decisions, the way we budget, the way we spend, the way we work at our goals, our workout regimen, like all of this stuff matters and it all works together to affect us overall. I mean, think about it. With Petraeus and Broadwell, right? They were both accomplished and doing really well in their careers. But because one area of their life was off, it spilled over and negatively impacted these other areas. And I think this just has so many implications for all of us. It's just like a good reminder because being off even a little can impact us. It's like not working out enough or not eating right. Like even the little things, even sometimes those little things can throw off our overall feeling. And of course the big things like doing things we know aren't in line with our truth and our moral standards, no matter how much you may be able to justify them. Deep down, we know those things weigh on us and affect us overall. Even things that don't necessarily involve moral issues, like working too much and neglecting other areas of your life, like you can start feeling bad and that can throw you off. So that's the first lesson I took away from this situation. When it comes to life and how we're living, all areas matter. And we need to bring our extraordinary side. Personally, I think we need to have a plan for doing it and keeping it top of mind. And it's kind of something that I've learned later on in life and and what I try to do is really think about my life holistically and then break it down into the different areas. I mean, and when you think about it, right, there really are only eight areas. So number one, family and friends. Number two, you know, our love relationship, our primary relationship, our significant other. Area number three, our goals, whatever we're working toward. Number four, enjoyment, like just making sure we're enjoying our life. Number five, our spiritual practice or our religion. Number six, our health and physical condition. Number seven, our finances, our financial goals. And number eight, our work and our, and our careers. But if you think about it, these are the eight areas of our life. I mean, there's nothing else, Right. And if we can bring our best self to each of these areas, our extraordinary side, then that's really what it's all about. And I believe when we're living this way, we're living the way we're meant to be living. And then that's when it gets good, right? And I've always just believed that that's one of the main purposes. It's why I have always set that goal of living today better than yesterday for myself is to really have a goal in each area And make sure that I'm growing and moving in the right direction. So, for example, like I want to have close relationship, obviously, with my kids. I want to be in shape. I want to make sure that I have great relationships, obviously, with my husband and my closest friends. I mean, literally, I have a goal, right, for each area. And then I think about what that means. Like, what do I have to do every day 
to make sure I'm literally using the day to do those things that will allow that to happen. I mean, because let's be real, (laughs) it's easy to get caught up. Like the day just flies by, you have so much going on. But for me, like having these goals, at least top of mind, and kind of knowing exactly what direction I'm leaning in, literally writing them down on a piece of paper, and then making sure I'm using the day to do things that I know are going to work toward them, it just has kind of helped me make sure that nothing falls through the cracks. So for example, one thing I know I've got to do when it comes to my kids is get home from work at a reasonable time. I've just got to do it. I want to make sure that I have enough time to hang out with them before dinner, before they go to bed. So in order to make sure that happens, if my workload is out of control, I know I have to make adjustments. And obviously there's exceptions and there's norms. It's not something that I'm, you know, 100% able to do all of the time. But knowing like, okay, I want to have, you know, two or three hours to just sit around and play and relax, it allows me to kind of keep that top of mind and make sure that my day is going to play out that way. Or for example, I had baby weight to lose a little or a lot. (laughs) And that meant I had to get really serious about eating right, which is never all that fun. But I also had to get serious about going to the gym. And again, I had a goal for this area. And I knew that I had to get to the gym at least three times a week. Now, I really still need to be getting to the gym three times a week. And does that always happen? Of course not. But (laughs) the point is that having this goal and keeping it top of mind makes it more likely to happen. And that's why I'm a fan of having these goals written down. And you look at them from time to time and make sure you're staying on track. It just helps you stay focused on what really matters the most and what's most important to you. Uh, And it makes it less likely that you're going to make a bad decision. I'm not saying this is going to fix all of the times that people make bad decisions because obviously your intentions matter and writing something down isn't going to necessarily mean you're going to follow it and do the right thing. But what I've noticed is that when you hold yourself accountable and you keep yourself focused on the direction you want to go in the eight areas of your life, you're just more likely to do it. So that's the first lesson from this portrayal situation. That's what I'm focusing on. That was my takeaway is that we've got to look at all of the areas of our life and make sure we're performing in every single one of them and that we're doing things that are in line with who we know we are. And it helps to have a written plan to actually be able to do that. It just makes you keep the right things top of mind. So that takes us to the second lesson, and that's what you do when you realize something's off. Again, like Petraeus and Broadwell did, I think what you do is you apologize to anyone you've caused harm to and as soon as possible, you start trying to repair the damage. In this case, it was their families and their significant others, but perhaps for us, it may be something different. Maybe you just need to apologize to yourself for for not treating yourself right and working out or not eating right. Or maybe, you know, your mind has been all over the place and you haven't been focusing on the people closest to you that matter the most. So you apologize and you change it. You start doing things differently. I think that's the key, right? As soon as you spot an issue, you have to apologize and then you immediately have to start doing things to repair the damage. And then of course, from there on out, you've got to start choosing to continue to do things differently and in a better way. And again, 
There may be little things we've done that are off and there's no need to beat yourself up over these things. But the best thing you can do is choose to, to do better and immediately start doing it. I think if we all can just take this lesson away from the situation and apply it to our own lives, to notice when something's off, to apologize and then figure out how to repair it and move in the right direction, it really can help us get back on track anytime we fall off course. And that's what it's all about, right? Because we may not always be perfect and that's okay as long as we fix things and get back on the right track as quickly as possible. So that takes us to the final segment. And this is the time that we're going to take a question from someone from the possibility of today community. Uh, we are going to stay in the relationship category because I always get so many questions about relationships. So I thought it would be a great topic to cover and let's get into it. This is the email. Hello, Sybil. I have a question. When I'm very interested in someone like a man in my life, how can I stop acting too excited and give him the time and space to do something like fight for me? The problem is when I'm feeling butterflies in my stomach, I want to spend lots of time with the person. Perhaps I'm afraid to lose him and then I act too much. I show the initiative, I write, I call, and I feel like I'm thinking about the person too much, dreaming, remembering the great moments again and again. Oh my goodness, don't we all know what you're talking about? It is not like he is not going to call or something because he will, but it's like I want to do something at this moment and I don't want to wait. How can I feel good in this situation? How do I let the things unfold perfectly and really feel okay while waiting? Sometimes I feel like I'm going crazy and I'm nervous. Why do I feel like that? Okay, Kristen, thank you so much for the question. To answer the last question you left on why do you feel like that, Honestly, it's because you're getting excited and it's okay. You're human and you're going to have times when you meet someone and you get excited about them. I know I've had them and yeah, all of your emotions are running and running and you know, you're always thinking about this person and you're very excited. That's okay. But I would say it's, it's probably something that you do want to make certain that you're controlling uh, and yeah, you do have to sometimes play it cool. I mean, it's not that you're trying to play games. I'm so not a fan of playing games, but you also don't want to obsess over situations and people and cause that stuff will just drive you crazy. And so I think it's a great question because what I always did, and there were definitely times that I would get really excited. Like when I first met my husband, I was really, really excited. And I, you know, you go through these times you know, they call them the honeymoon phase of a relationship where if the person is new and you're just really excited to get to know them. Um, and I think that this is also a great time because it creates a lot of extra excited energy that instead of just obsessing about the person in the situation and when you're going to see them next and when they're going to call and how often you should call them and should you email them, you can actually take a little bit of that energy. You can divvy off some of it and put it on something that would really benefit you. <laughs> so it's not that you don't enjoy the newness and have fun and really get to know someone and call them and email them, but you kind of take a little of that extra energy and you're like, you know what, I'm going to now 
focus this on something of myself that's going to benefit me. I have all this extra energy. I'm excited. Why not direct it to, I don't know, one of those eight areas of my life that I want to make sure I'm growing and developing in? You know, I mean, it's crazy sometimes how being excited generates good energy. And I say use it, right? You can spend some time daydreaming and, of course, talking to the person. But that extra energy, I don't know, if you want to lose 10 pounds, go <laughs> go run around the block. Go, you know, do extra exercise. You want a promotion. You want a salary increase. Take some of that extra energy. You're feeling good. You're excited about a person. You're excited about a situation. Instead of sitting there and obsessing about it and obsessing when they're going to call, take that energy and focus it on something else that's going to make you excited, something else that you want to do. And then it's a win-win, right? You win because you're now taking your extra excited energy, the fact that you're feeling good and you're focusing it on something else that's positive, that's going to create more benefits for you. And it's a win-win for the other person because you're not obsessing over them and calling them too much. And overall just makes all the situations better. So that's not to say I don't get it, right? Like, of course you're going to be excited about situations. I think it's just helpful if you kind of have a strategy for what you're going to do with that extra energy and that extra excitement. So I hope that helps, Kristen. Thank you so much for the email. And thanks to everyone for tuning in today. That's the show. Uh, if you have some extra time and you're looking for some stuff to read, stop by possibilityoftoday.com or drop by the Facebook page. And of course, live today better than yesterday. <laughs> <laughs>